Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru. Offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Discover Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history along with a local handcrafted beverage this winter while you cozy up on top of award-winning rooftop bars. Tours offered daily year-round with safety protocols followed on every tour and transportation is provided. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com and by romanticashville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting romanticashville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on pretty much all podcast platforms today, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to travel stories from people who are making a difference in making this a better world. Maya Angelou said, Perhaps travel cannot prevent bigotry, but by demonstrating that all peoples cry, laugh, eat, worry, and die, it can introduce us to the idea that if we try and understand each other, we may become friends. My guest today is actively choosing to work with organizations and businesses that strive to fundamentally change our world for the better. She's a leader, a mentor, and someone who is not afraid to do the work necessary to become an advocate for social justice and healing. And Justine, it is just so wonderful to be here again with you on Speaking of Travel. Marilyn, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I'm so glad to to be speaking with you today. Well, Justine, I want to make sure everybody knows you're Justine Abigail U. Y. U., you're uh, talking to us today from Toronto, up in Canada. I've been following you for quite a while as a communications and marketing strategist. We talked a couple of years back on Speaking of Travel for some work that you were doing. And I, I just love observing you as you've grown into such a, a wonderful woman who, who is leading the fray, if you will. And I want to get in your head for a minute. Give us a little backstory of, you know, where where did you grow up? What was it like? Were you a traveling kid? What was it like for you? 
Yeah. So I was born in the Philippines, in Manila, Philippines, and I moved to Canada when I was just four years old. So I guess you could say that's my first trip. <laughs> my first real sense of travel is through migration, moving to Canada. And honestly, growing up, yeah, my my parents did their best to to educate me through travel. First of all, you know, we would always go back home to the Philippines, visit family every other summer, things like that. But also just traveling around Canada and the United States primarily um, and getting to know the places around here, especially locally, you know. So I think that's the, maybe that's the first, my first few brushes with travel is of course with my family. And then did you settle into uh, going to college and, and being up in Canada? Did, did your world yes. revolve up there? Yeah. So I did go to university here in Toronto at the University of Toronto. And now that I think about it, honestly, my first real passion for travel began with a study abroad program, as I'm sure many, <laughs> many people's experiences follow this. But I studied for a summer in the Czech Republic and I was studying, my, my major was in political science and sociology. And for this particular course, we were studying European politics. And it was such a phenomenal and foundational experience for me. Of course, I had traveled around the States and and Canada, but this was my first experience internationally that combined, you know, we were three to four days in the classroom. And then on weekends, we would visit all of these cities that we were talking about or learning about in our books. And I had never seen travel as a way to actually as an experiential education experience. I think that's the first time I've actually felt that or seen that at play. And it was just so amazing to see these places that I was reading about and, you know, these, these histories that are so important and seeing where it actually took place and like monuments for it. It was just such an incredible experience. And that's, that's where I think this love for travel was really sparked. And it sounds like through those experiences really being with the people uh, coupled with your sociology background and your political science uh, would have maybe propelled you into a place of feeling like there needs to be more social justice to happening not only not only in my community but in the world overall absolutely and that's definitely, you know, the first time we spoke to each other, I was working with an organization called Operation Groundswell, and they are a nonprofit organization that facilitates experiential education programs through travel. And so as I as I was speaking about my experience in Europe, I'm realizing, oh, those, you know, these experiences led to one another. And absolutely, you know, that that experience in particular with Operation Groundswell, where we spent time in different communities around the world learning from different charities, different nonprofits, educators, activists, the local change makers, the local community leaders and builders. That's where I have learned the most and exactly to what you were saying about being with the people and actually hearing from them, the people who live there, who know their community best, who know the problems that they might be facing much more intimately than anyone else. 
are you know most likely the best equipped to actually solving those problems and so that's really where i guess my approach to social justice and equity uh really comes from well now you are that person you are a part of that uh that group really that is making change happen and i want to talk a little bit about that because Justine, you are you're such a uh, an entrepreneur. You seem to have a real entrepreneurish kind of spirit about you that you see something and you just go do it. And you do it so much through your words. It's yeah. almost as if you've got this background and yet writing and creative storytelling is something that you do very well and have incorporated into your into your career. Let's talk a little bit about how that unfolded. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it's funny because I actually originally wanted to become a journalist and that was my goal. Um, you know, after doing my political science and sociology undergrad, I thought I would go into journalism school and actually learn that craft through the lens of political science, which is what I was really interested in writing about in politics, international relations, things like that. But I had an experience where I did an internship um, in my third year of university with another nonprofit organization focused on human rights. And it was the first time I had, it was a social media internship, I should mention. And this was back in 2009 when businesses and organizations really weren't using social media as a way to raise awareness or as a way um, to market their work or anything like that. And so it was my first time also seeing that at play and realizing that I could use my words, not just in a journalism context, but there's so many different ways that I could use it, you know, working with nonprofits, with social enterprises, these organizations with a mission and pairing my skills as a writer, which is something that I have always been doing growing up even, you know, um, pairing my skills with these organizations that I, and causes that I really care about. And from there, I think that first experience with this other nonprofit organization led me down this path of working with a number of other social enterprises and just seeing the power that words can have, you know, and how it has the power to educate and to persuade and to really raise awareness on various issues. Well, you do that so well. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that because, you know, on some level, we're all writers we all have a story to tell, and I want to talk to you about that. And Justine, give us a, a website or a way that people in the meantime can be checking you out. Yes. So you can find me at Justine Abigail across social media or on my website, JustineAbigail.com. Well, this is awesome. I'm here with Justine Abigail Yu. She's a communications and marketing strategist, but so much more. And Justine, it is such a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. Buongiorno. This is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours, LTD. Let's say you've never been to Italy or have been, but you want to return on your own to explore specific, special locations in a country so many of us consider our soul's home. We offer professional, custom, boutique itinerary planning services for those who wish to create their own special journey across Bella Italia. 
from hotel and villa rentals, rental car arrangements, professional guide scheduling, and so much more. We will help make your trip safe and unforgettable. Private-Italy.com Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I am here today with Justine Abigail Yu. And Justine, you know, I could use words like communications and marketing strategist. You've worked with organizations all over the world. But really, I want to talk to you about you, your work. And, and I'm curious, how are you gravitating to the work that is drawing you in, that you have said, this is where I want to be, this is where I want to share my voice, this is where I feel I can make a difference? Yeah, I think, hmm, that's such a great question, Marilyn. I feel very fortunate to have attracted organizations and brands who are very much aligned with my values in terms of anti-oppression and equity. And I think that's largely because of how I present myself as well online and, you know, how I quote unquote market myself is that I, I present myself with my values forward. And so I think the people or the orgs who do work with me are drawn to that. And so just as an example, one organization or one business that I have been working with over the last, oh my goodness, is it two years already? <laughs> Wonderful is a global lifestyle brand that specializes in helping all women travel the world. And they are one business that I have been working with for the last two years and really trying to make the travel industry a lot more equitable for women and also especially, you know, women of color where the system has not been built for, for women or for women of color. And so I have been drawn to their work and our work now um, in terms of amplifying those voices in travel. That's just one example. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful example. And it's so important, you know, when we look at just what's happened over the last two years, uh, that you've been working with this organization, uh, especially over the last year, it is even more important as we look to traveling again, to be able to understand how to travel more mindfully, more sustainably. And I'm on your list to get your newsletter. Tell everybody how they can get information about that. Yes. So I actually curate a newsletter for Wonderful, which you can find at she'swonderful.com. So check it out there. And it's every two weeks, I send out a newsletter um, that focuses on creators in the travel space. So whether you are a blogger, a video editor, a photographer, or an influencer, whatever, however you might create, if you create and you move, this, uh, this newsletter is for you. And it's full of resources and links to other diverse voices who are doing some pretty incredible things in the travel industry, and also resources to help you do, do exactly that as well, create more diverse and inclusive content for your work. 
I love that. That's so important. And and as we see ourselves as a smaller and smaller global community, as everybody is in this together, if you will, now more than ever, travel and the travel industry is really a, a passion for you. And you have your toes in some other waters. I, I really want to dive in a little bit to your uh, living hyphen, Justine, because again, the written word and what you're doing with that. Give us a little idea of how that even came about. Yes, that's my baby. <laughs> so just as a, as a quick spiel, um, living hyphen is a community that explores what it means to live in between cultures as as a hyphenated Canadian primarily. So for me, a hyphenated Canadian is anyone who calls Canada home, but who might have roots elsewhere. And, you know, a lot of that is rooted in my own experiences as a Filipina Canadian. You know, earlier I spoke to you about my experiences moving to Canada and, you know, traveling back and forth. And so I really wanted to explore this experience, especially growing up here in Toronto, in Canada, where, it's, it is a very diverse and multicultural community. A lot of the friends that I grew up with are from all around the world or their parents or their ancestors are from, you know, were born in different places. And so while our backgrounds, our experiences, there are cultural specific nuances to it, our experiences of living in between cultures is quite universal. And so I wanted to explore that in community. And, and it started off as a magazine back in 2018. We've since grown um, to provide and facilitate writing workshops. And so again, yeah, the written word is really, really important to me. Um, these writing workshops are specifically for Black, Indigenous, and people of color who you know, for many years, decades, generations have been told that their voices don't matter, are not important. And this work is trying to reclaim that and trying to build up the confidence and the skills to actually tell our stories. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing um, over the last few years. It's something that has brought me a lot of joy and nourishment. And it's really important to me too, because I always say that um, this work with Living Hyphen is you know, is the version of travel that we don't glamorize or glorify on social media in the same way that we do like leisurely travel. But for me, migration is the first and like the original aspirational move, you know, to move to a better place, to travel across borders for the opportunity of a better life. And so that's the way I feel I like merge all of my worlds together in terms of writing and travel and the social impact that I really want to create in this world. Um, yeah, I could go on for days about living. <laughs> I love it. I, I wish you could because, you know, when you talk about the hyphenated cultures, really, truly, we all are in a way. Absolutely. Uh, and, and more now than ever before, we must all have our voices out there. And Justine, you are, you are so living the dream right now of being able to incorporate all of yes. your, your skill set. I'm really proud of you. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about some of the work that you're doing with these other organizations that, again, in this backdrop of a global pandemic, have really been able to uh, help 
a struggling tourism travel industry. Let's talk a little bit about your role there. So I'm also the senior advisor for Rise Travel Institute, which is a new nonprofit organization with a mission to inspire responsible, impactful, and really ethical travel through education. And they're very new. Um, They are releasing a program or a course for students um, who are interested in the travel and tourism sector um, later on this year. And yeah, just to what you were speaking about, I think this is so important moving forward, you know, as travel begins again to open up, I think our eyes have been open to a lot of the environmental issues that have that have really plagued our our planet and also the impacts of travel on local mostly marginalized communities and how can we get out there once we are able to again and do so in a way that is responsible that is healthier i think that's the key word right there justine is is healthier we all want to be moving forward in that positive, uh, transparent, and, and, and a word that you mentioned a couple of times, community, to really be able to come together as a community. So tell us again how we can connect with you and, and follow you and be a part of your community. Thank you. You can find me on all social media at Justine Abigail or on my website at justineabigail.com. And I always share these opportunities with these amazing, amazing organizations. So there's always a way for you to get involved as well. Well, that's the key right there as well is how can we, you know, sometimes I think we feel like, oh, well, it's so overwhelming. There's so much going on. And yet with resources like you are providing and the organizations that you are working with, there are solutions that we individually can do one step at a time. Well, thank you so much, Justine, for being on Speaking of Travel and for sharing with us just all the wonderful things that you have going on. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Well, what Justine was saying about being healthy is so important. And one thing that I've talked about a lot on Speaking of Travel is being healthy and happier is so much easier when you go outside. And coming up next is my guest, Dan Woodall. He's the operations manager for Adventure Pisca. Now, visitors come here from all over the country to mountain bike and fish and hike and play outside. And Dan knows the great outdoors is our treasure. And he's going to share with us how we can contribute to protecting and sharing this beautiful landscape. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. 
In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Over a decade ago, Richard Louvre wrote the book, Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. This book changed the way we thought about the future and the future of our children. It really was the first book to actually bring together a new and growing body of research to show how direct exposure to nature is really essential for healthy childhood development and for the physical and emotional health of children and adults. And since that time, there are more and more practical solutions and simple ways to get into nature, and many are right here in our own backyard. My guest today is Dan Woodall, Operations Manager for Adventure Pisca, which is the U.S. Forest Service official concessioner for the Pisca Ranger District, which encompasses the popular Sliding Rock Recreation Area, as well as eight campgrounds in Western North Carolina. And Dan, it is really such a great pleasure to have you here on Speaking of Travel. Great to be with you, Marilyn. Thanks for having me. Well, Dan, I talk a lot about being outside and being out in nature. And I understand that you have a background of being just that kid who loved being outside. Give us a little bit of uh, of your backstory and how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, originally, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and, you know, grew into a grew up in a family that, uh, you know, took fishing and hiking very seriously, often combining the two. And through the pursuit of fishing, you know, kind of got linked up with with Boy Scouts and then, you know, completed that program with my Eagle Scout. And when it came time to go to college, I decided I wanted to try to find not only a, a college, but also a career path that would allow me to, one, recreate personally, but be a part of the recreation industry. And through doing just a little bit of research, found Brevard College in Brevard, North Carolina, and completed the Wilderness Leadership Program in 2016, which is a bachelor's program. And that really set me up really well to go straight into the land management world, um, where I got a job with the Cradle of Forestry and worked with them for a season before transitioning to my current role at Adventure Pisgah. And... uh, yeah, so I've been really lucky to you know, make make my hobbies also my work. So <laughs> recreation is what I uh, eat and breathe all day long. I love it, which is probably why you're such a healthy individual. You spend a lot of your time outside, and, and there has been a lot of research through the years of the benefits of being out in nature and being being a part of the forest and a part of the water. So give us a little bit of an idea of what Adventure Pisca is all about. Absolutely. So like you said, we are the official concessionaire for the U.S. Forest Service in the Pisgah Ranger District. A lot of you are probably asking, what the heck is a concessionaire? And basically what we are is the private business that or the private company that operates the business side of the Forest Service organization. So we allow the Forest Service to focus more on their mission of conserving land, natural resources, and we take the burden of those business operations off their plate so that they can they can do what they what they were made to do. So that encompasses a lot of public land. Give us a little bit of an idea of the difference between 
public land and, say, private land? Sure, absolutely. So public land is exactly what it sounds like. It's land that you and I own as citizens of the United States. So our, a portion of our tax dollars go to managing the gigantic tracts of land out there and allow agencies like the Forest Service, the Park Service, Department of Natural Resources to make sure that we have healthy timber, healthy waterways, healthy air so that we can all enjoy those resources, not only while we're recreating, but as we may need them in our, you know, in our everyday lives as well. So how have these public lands that we own and you manage been able to stay sustainable through this rather odd time that we've been going through? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, as unfortunate as the last year has been, I think one of the positives that I've, that we've all been able to gain is the, uh, the value of recreating outside. And, you know, we used to always hear from the experts, get 10,000 steps a day, check your, check your Fitbit for 10,000 steps a day. Well, nowadays, they've kind of shifted that throughout the pandemic. And uh, I've heard uh, several different recommendations and hours of time spent outside. So the most common one I hear, if you're getting two hours of outside time a day, then you're probably going to be feeling a lot better than you would otherwise. Well, I know that I need that (laughs) in order to just get the momentum. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about some fun ways that we can go out and really enjoy these public lands that are literally in our backyard. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the most important thing to do with public lands is to use them, is to know they're there. And all of us have public lands in our backyard. You know, here in Western North Carolina, we're really, really fortunate. We've probably got more public land around us than anywhere I can think of off the top of my head. But that being said, regardless of where you live, go use the public land, see what's happening out there. You do your part. Remember that, that you own the land too. So helping to pick up litter can, it really goes a long way. Those types of things are reporting. If a sign is down, those types of things can really help the land management agencies and then if you want to get further involved by, uh, you know, supporting financially, the the best way to do that is to find a friends organization. Friends of the Smokies is a fantastic one. It's very well known in the Asheville area. A newer one that's up and coming and uh, near and dear to my heart is the Pisgah Conservancy. And, and basically, they're able to they're able to direct their funds in a lot more focused way than the federal government is able to. So they can address certain issues a lot quicker than than the federal land management agencies can. Well, what's the best way that somebody can get more information to be able to contribute and see what what you have going on, what public lands are here in our backyard? I know that there's information about the waterfalls and where where would be the best way to go and find out all this information? Well, if you want to find out about what we offer here in Pisgah, you can you can certainly visit our website. It's adventurepisgah.com. It's going to detail all of the campgrounds that we operate, as well as our glamping facility, which is basically just a turnkey camping experience. And you'll, you can learn more at adventurepisgah.com. Yes, like I said, get, get involved, search these things on the internet, and, and go and visit your public land. Show your friends how important they are to you. Well, I know the burning question that my audience would want to know is, can I bring my dog? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that 
the most important thing to remember when you bring a dog in the woods is they're also an animal out there. And if you're able to keep them, you, you should keep them on a leash whenever you're outside on public land. And that's not only for your dog's protection and other visitors, but really just keeping that wildlife in mind. If, if your dog does chase a deer, it, it, can, it can take a long time for that deer to recover the calories that it burns running away from the dog. Right. Well, that is good, good advice. And I know that those of us who have that companion and want to bring them along can do so on our on our public land, but definitely bring the leash. Well, listen, I am so glad to have you on Speaking of Travel, Dan. And I'm afraid we didn't have enough time to talk about the glamping because I know that I would be very attracted to that. So let's make a deal that you come back And we do another segment where we can just talk about that glamping because I know a lot of people who are who are wanting to get all glamped up. Absolutely. We can make that a deal. And uh, I can't wait to talk more about it. But uh, definitely check us out on AdventurePizga.com. You can um, you can easily get all that info there, too. But I look forward to discussing more in the future. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Dan. You know, as Dan was saying, we are so lucky here in Western North Carolina to have the natural resources like we do. And one of our resources that is so important is a strong regional airport. And it's important to recognize the economic benefit of our airport to show the community the vital role in our local community. So joining me today is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport, and she's going to be here to discuss the importance of aviation, not only to our local community, but to regional economics as well. So stay tuned. Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. A few weeks ago on one of our weekly updates with Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport, we talked a little bit on the significance of the airport's impact on our regional economy. Aviation is the only state, country, and worldwide transportation network and really plays a vital role in facilitating economic growth. 
In the case of the Asheville Regional Airport, the growth and vitality of our region speaks volumes to the importance of the airport, not only to our local economy and our local community, but to regional and state economies as well. And Tina, it is so great to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. It's always such a pleasure. So, Tina, I wanted to touch more on this because I've been doing a little research about airports and local economies and the impact. And the Asheville Regional Airport contributes so much money to our region. And you've really just topped out. It's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure, absolutely. So I'm sure a lot of people have heard of economic impact studies. Lots of industries and organizations go through these processes. But what it really does is it takes a look, a deep look into your organization to see, you know, how does the presence of Asheville Regional Airport impact our greater region economically? And, you know, it's really exciting because we know we have a huge economic impact, but we have this process that puts a number to it. And uh, the most recent study shows that the airport contributes nearly $2 billion annually to our region's economy, which is really impactful. It is very impactful. And I know that with the global pandemic, things have slowed down in the economy a little bit, but I'm I'm wondering what kind of recovery are you looking at at the airport in the coming weeks and months and years following this time? Sure. So our year-end passenger numbers in 2020, which was the year, almost full year of the pandemic, of course, when air travel really slowed down, we still saw numbers that were in line with around 2016, so just a handful of years ago here at the airport. And we're seeing signs of recovery just month after month. And so we do expect that we will see probably a pretty busy summer this summer. You know, we've got the vaccine out, more and more people are becoming vaccinated, and that is going to result in more and more travel. And so we do think in the short term, you know, it's going to take another year or two, but we will be back to to those really high numbers uh, before you know it. And aside from all the money that is generated and and really goes back into the community, uh, there are a lot of jobs as well. The airport contributes to supporting a lot of a lot of jobs. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, sure. So our study shows that Asheville Regional Airport supports about 12,500 jobs in in our greater region. And what does that mean? So when you look at a study like this, you look at on airport jobs, you know, direct jobs that uh, we have here at the airport. And that's probably around seven or eight hundred, you know, here at the airport. But You also have a lot of other jobs that in the region that are here because of the presence of the airport, not solely because of the presence of the airport, maybe some of them, but because we are here, we influence the existence of other jobs. So it could be, you know, anywhere from mechanic jobs, fuel delivery, construction jobs. We have a lot of infrastructure work that happens and we have lots of local 
companies that do work at the airport, uh, you know, with those construction jobs, but also a lot of tourism jobs and hospitality jobs as well. Well, it's obvious that airports are so important in the business sector and being able to contribute not only to the income that's coming in, but the entire infrastructure as well. And what you were saying earlier about things picking up and people getting more comfortable and being able to travel a little bit more as time goes on, I definitely want to make sure that everybody knows that you have some really great new flights coming in and out of the airport, and that's going to make a big difference as well. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's really exciting. So Asheville is a bit of a bright spot in our nation, you know, in this post-COVID era, you know, as we're, it's just a new world out there. And Asheville is a place people want to come to, but also the people in Asheville are travelers. So the airlines see that, they see the demand to and from our community. And so we are reaping the benefit of that. We are seeing our route map grow, which is really exciting. So in just a few weeks, Las Vegas, nonstop Las Vegas starts on Allegiant. Um, They also just announced a new summer seasonal nonstop flight to Destin, Florida. And American Airlines, they are right on the heels. They announced that they are going to serve Boston nonstops. Uh, starting this summer. So, you know, we're seeing some really exciting things happen and uh, there may be more to come. Tina, you're keeping me on the edge of my seat. I'll tell you, well, this (laughs) is such great news because we're all getting a little antsy, I think, to put our toes back in the water, if you will. And a trip down to Destin, Florida sounds pretty sweet to me right about now. So absolutely exciting things going on at the Asheville Regional Airport. Well, let's talk a little bit about your website and how people can get more information because I've been uh, scrolling around there and it's you're you're always putting in some updated info and there's ways that we can find out about what's going on with the the industry overall. How can people get tuned into that? Sure. We, we have a lot of ways for people to connect with us. Of course, our website, flyavl.com, that's really the portal. And you can, you can find other ways right there on our homepage to connect with us. Look for the social hub. It's a little orange icon. It looks like a, an air traffic control tower. Click on that and it will take you to a number of ways to connect either on social media or you can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter as well. Well, Tina, this is such exciting news. Uh, You know, the airports across the country, I think we all have this mental image of the airports that you get on a plane and you get off at an airport and you go through the terminal and you go through TSA, you go through your checkpoint, get on another plane. But there's really so much depth and so much information that is, I feel, really important for people to understand, especially when you talk about this new time. It's a new time of travel and being able to be mindful of the people who work there, the team that is keeping everybody healthy and safe, all need to be celebrated. So when you walk through a terminal, a great place to put a big smile on your face. 
Oh, I thank you for saying that. Yes, we love that. And, uh, you know, these are your friends and neighbors. If it's your local airport, these are your friends and neighbors who are doing uh, great work every day. Well, Tina, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel, and we'll look forward to hearing some new announcements. I'm, like I said, sitting on the edge of my seat. Okay, till next time. Well, thank you, Tina, and thanks to Justine and Dan for being on Speaking of Travel today. Buddha once said, you can search throughout the entire universe for someone who is more deserving of your love and affection than you are yourself, and that person is not to be found anywhere. You, yourself, as much as anybody in the universe, deserves your love and affection. And what better way to feel the love than to simply be kind to others and to yourself? So why not take this time and go out and volunteer or do something with no expectations of receiving anything in return? Give of yourself unconditionally. We're at a time where we can really take the opportunity to develop ourselves and pay attention to what is around us. Because when the time comes and we begin traveling again, we're going to want to be our best selves. So read more books. Check out blogs that interest you and are meaningful to you. Find time to practice a new hobby. I'm sure you can fit that into your busy schedule. Write in your travel journal of all the places you want to visit and then make a plan. The best thing you can do is honor yourself and your awesomeness. Before you know it, you'll be traveling the world sharing your invaluable, unique being. Just remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. (laughs) 